Welcome back to one-on-one -on -one, New York's longest running sports call-in show. I am Michael Legan joined alongside by Andrew Gulotta. And right now we'd like to welcome in the former head strength and conditioning coach for both the New York Yankees and New York Mets. He is the author of power and pinstripes. My years training the New York Yankees, Mr. Jeff Mangle. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, my pleasure to be here. Good afternoon, everybody. So uh, Jeff, right off the top, um, one of the first things I, I would love to ask you is, well, first off, I'm a Met fan myself. I know Andrew's a big Met fan. Um, and, I, and looking at your book and reading some of your book, um, you know, one of the first things that you talk about is the Roger Clemens Piazza incident uh, during the 2000 World Series, which is obviously infamous uh, for Mets and Yankee fans. And of course, you say in your book how you actually were the one who got the broken bat and held on to it for 14 years and uh, later sold it at auction. So I'm just kind of curious uh, if you could, for the audience, maybe uh, talk about your point of view of that, that confrontation and then maybe, maybe how you came into possession of the bat. Yeah, it was very in intense game, to say the least. When you play the Mets, Yankees and Mets, it's always very intense. But then you put then you wrap that up that it's in the World Series, then it's multiplied. And then you multiply it again, where it's Piazza and Clemens engaging each other. And I think when that when that uh, barrel of the bat went flying out towards Roger, I I I really don't know what was going on in, in Roger's uh mind at the time but it, you'd have to say it was a combination of him thinking it was a ground ball and then realizing wait a minute this isn't a, it's not a ground ball but I'm so amped up and I'm so psyched up that like get this thing out of here and he flung it towards the towards the foul territory and it of course is zoomed right by Piazza and uh, just a strange incident and to me being there witnessing this just feet maybe you know 25 30 feet away there in the dugout the process was the bat boy would run out there and, and get any any shard bats as customary during throughout the year and that bat was brought in and sat down in the uh, corner of the dugout right near where i was and i said I'm not going to let this be thrown away like the rest of the rest of these bats are going to be. So I, uh, I made the, made a little, uh, I don't know if it's a heist involved, but I, I grabbed it, put it that way. And I'll, I'll leave the rest for the readers to, to find out what went on with it. Sounds great. <laughs> awesome. That's, that's definitely an awesome story. And as you were saying, you know, you were um, Mets Yankees on both, um, you know, on both organizations in New York, especially with the Yankees, so many winning teams, world series teams, with star players, with a lot of expectations, you know, how did you feel like those clubhouses really handled all of the, you know, the pressure with New York and the winning, especially with the Yankees? Did you ever find that any guys had any ever tension or, you know, especially when things weren't going well? I mean, I know with the Mets, like you said in your book that you were a part of that 93 team, which was, I think the worst, the worst team money can buy. Like, was there any tension or ever, or like, you know, like with all those expectations, how do you feel like clubhouses handled it in New York? The, I'll, I'll say this, that the, the 98 team, the 1998 Yankee team was, it was built in a, in a way that the chemistry was, was optimal. It's general managers try to bring a, a team together and most of it is on talent, but also you have to do your homework to try to find out what type of players, what type of guys are these? Can, are they good teammates? Are they recluse? Do they engage other people? So you try to you try to bring bring the social aspect together along along with the talent. But this group, 
but just meshed so meshed so well. And they had a lot of fun. And in a, in a long season as such, 162 games and then spring training games and playoff games, there's, there's going to be some turmoil too. There's going to be arguments. These are big boys, you know? Yeah. And, but the, the main thing is to be able to come together as a unit, as a team, when they cross that line is to have one goal in mind. And that's to be the, the last team standing. But as you also mentioned about the positive years and the winning years, versus some of the, the very lean years, especially when I was with the Mets, that it's a very fine line between winning and losing. And a, a lot of it is leadership, starting from the top, from ownership to the manager, and how that is transcended down to the players. And then internally to having leaders on the team that can that makes the job of a manager a little bit easier where the problems are usually not, uh, they don't come to a head, they're taken care of before they before a fire breaks out. They put the fires out. Yeah, and Jeff, you mentioned, obviously, you know, these leaders are so important for the team success. And of course, when you were with the Yankees, some of those leaders, you know, obviously everyone thinks of the core four, you know, Mo, Andy, Derek, and Posada. And obviously they were the, the key to those championship teams. And obviously, you know, being the strength and conditioning coach, you kind of had a different insight and look and how these guys worked and trained, et cetera. So I'm just kind of curious what stood out and maybe it was, you want to name one player or all of them, all four of them, what stood out in the way that they trained and could you see in them, like in the way that they approached training, is that kind of like the way that they approached the game? Is there something about the way that they trained that set them apart? Uh, any, any four of them or, you know, all four of them. That's a great question and great comment. And, and there was that beginning with that, our, our winning run there of 98 through 2000, that as you mentioned, the core four got a lot of headlines and very prominent, but then you have the, the underlining also stars, but maybe on a, a little bit different level of Paul O'Neill, Joe Girardi, Andy Pettit, Tino Martinez, that when it came time, as you mentioned, regarding our workouts and their, their physical work efforts and their, um, their routines, that it transcended through the team, that players would see these guys working hard and they realized, you know what? We better get on the bad wagon here too. We better, we better get involved. If there's anybody that's on the fence, whether they should push themselves or not, there was, there was no question that the leadership took over to where we would, actually we would, we would somewhat intimidate teams. I must say this, that when we would go on the road and after the game, we would have to wait 20 minutes to utilize the other team's workout facility. Because at that time they didn't want players to be in the weight room and might have a couple of guys that don't get along together too well, so things could happen. But we would have sometimes 10 to 12 players that would wait after the game and to go into the visiting team's weight room to work out. And we would go in and just take over. And the other, other players from other teams would just see the number of players that we had and just how these guys were getting strong and, and getting at it, even though we probably kicked their rear ends, maybe you know 10 to two, 
but here they are, they're not satisfied. They're getting ready for the, for the tomorrow and the next week. Yeah, so I kind of want to, you talked about players working out and all that stuff. So I do want to move over to like more of a strength and conditioning front. And especially, you know, you obviously been, you know, following this for a long time, did it for a very long time. What changes did um, you see occur throughout your career in how players work out to maybe now and now with a lot of players, maybe trying to muscle up and the home run ball being such a, you know, vocal point of baseball now, like what changes did you see, you know, on, on that side? The first changes was the evolution of acceptance of the strength and conditioning program in major league baseball. That's a, it's a baseball is a sport that's very slow to accept change, but once, once that change is accepted, then it's carte blanche. It seems that everybody is getting in line to do it. So in 1984, I was the first strength and conditioning coach in Major League Baseball. And that was, that was soon seen by other teams and started a little bit of a steamroll in that effect. But the facilities that, that we, had, we had to utilize during that early era, to be able, we were working out in storage rooms that were just elementary equipped with a bench and some dumbbells and you have to get very creative to put a workout together to the point of uh, in today's game state-of-the-art facilities and where there's no the weight room is not shared by the teams there are separate facilities for the visiting teams to utilize so there's no downtime uh, but then you mentioned about possibly players bulking up or really going for the long ball, you know, everybody's always gone somewhat, you know, that's, it's really sexy to, to hit, to hit home runs. Uh, but it's, it's a matter of maintaining, not, not getting so strong that your connective tissue, your tendons and your ligaments cannot stay, withstand the, the power and the force that an athlete is generating. So it's just it's a combination of maintaining muscular strength and range of motion flexibility but uh, it, it, it's such a gray area that you really you really can't put an answer to it regarding the the, in, the uh, influx of so many injuries it's just it's, it's a dynamic sport it's a powerful sport yeah and jeff um you know, just kind of, you just mentioned it a little bit right there. I'm just kind of curious. And, you know, you said it's a gray area. Maybe you can kind of give us an hypothesis, but what is it about the game today? I mean, you look at just the Mets and Yankees right here in New York. I mean, you got the Mets with this uh, recently is 17 guys on the IL. The Yankees for, you know, several years now have had major injury issues with Stan, Judge, et cetera. Is there something in the way that these guys are training? Are, are they just not, are they focused too much on the weightlifting? Like what, in your opinion, I know you said it's kind of a gray area, but do you have any thoughts about why this, it seems now more than ever injuries is a problem. It doesn't seem like this was happening, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. It's it, one point is that I, I really can't mention because I don't, I really don't know. I'm not there with them. I don't know what type of routine, what type of modality modalities they're using, what type of poundages they're using, what time of the day are they training? How much rest are is are they getting? But as you mentioned, there's there's a lot of intangibles, a lot of 
common denominators that come together that have to be focused on and to be felled out. And, uh, but it seems like every year these, it's falling through the cracks somehow, some way, especially with the, especially with the Mets and Yankees, all, all teams involved, but it seems as Mets and Mets and Yankees are continuously getting hit with uh, oblique hamstring rotator cuff activity and Part of it is, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not there anymore to, to feel it out. I thought I thought we did pretty good though when uh, our regime there of Gene Monahan and myself and Steve Donahue, uh, we did a pretty do, pretty good job. Uh, yeah, for sure. And um, just kind of transitioning to your book, I know that you got the forward for the book by Mariano Rivera. Was there any particular moment you know you cherished with him specifically and? Um, if maybe it's one moment, maybe it's just, you know, Mariano was a, you know, a person, you know, is there any, you know, something that stands out about him? Yes. And I, before I forget, and I'll get to Mariano, but also in this book couldn't have been written without the, without the assistance of my, with my co-author, Peter Body with the New York Post, who did a fabulous job uh, of research and of tracking down scores and dates and his input along with this book. But with Mariano, one, quite a few stories about him, but one that, one that stands out, we were in spring training in, in Dunedin, Florida. That's where the Blue Jays are playing right now. They're playing their major league games there. But Mariano was going to pitch that day. He was going to pitch one inning. And I, was, I just happened to be out in the bullpen seated with him and a lot of young minor leaguers that came along that were going to get their work in that day and pitch. And so they were all huddled around Mariano and asking him questions. And one question is they asked him, said, Mariano, you know, do you get nervous? How do you handle all the pressure of being out there in these situations? And, and Mo just said, listen, I was, he says, I was, I was born to do this. I'm very comfortable out there. I'm confident and I have, I have confidence in myself and that just to focus and relax and to utilize your, your adrenaline flow. Don't get, don't channel that nervous energy, channel it, channel it to a, a positive uh, power towards your performance. But he just said it, he talks so smoothly and com communicates so well that he puts younger players and even his contemporaries at ease. Uh, yeah, Jeff. And then I actually just, you know, one last question, if you don't mind, um, you know, I'm just kind of curious. You, we hear so much today about the Yankees. What they're missing is George Steinbrenner, who obviously was this Titan of baseball. Um, you know, I'm just curious. You mentioned one story kind of funny. The first time you met him, he said, you know, don't give these guys too much water when you were training down in Florida, which I thought was kind of crazy, but I mean, maybe that's George, but I was just wondering if, you could speak to maybe George a little bit, what he was, who he was as a man, maybe that the public doesn't really know about. And um, if you have any, you know, final thoughts on George and just kind of what he was like as a person. Yeah. I, number one, you have, you have to give Mr. Steinbrenner credit. And I thank him for, for such of to be, he was an innovator and not an imitator to have the insight to hire a person in my capacity and, and me being lucky enough and to be in the right place at the right time to be the individual that they pick to head up a program. 
but also just the dynamic uh, personality that George was, that you knew when, let's say for instance, you're, you're at Yankee Stadium and it's about one o'clock in the afternoon and you just have a feeling, you knew when George was coming to town because the maintenance workers would be out mopping the hallways, things would be just getting spotless. You could feel a, a surge of, uh, of getting ready for something and you knew that George was coming to town. And then the even more, even more tight-knit is to be in meetings with him, in staff meetings, that it was just exhilarating because you never knew what was going to happen. If you're going to get fired, or if you're going to uh, get a, every once in a while, get an accolade from him. But it was, he was full of, uh, full of energy. He did a lot of great things behind the scenes to help people out, giving scholarships and paying for educations for people. But he was intense and he could fire you on the spot too. But uh, definitely without a doubt, he would do anything to win. Just finish on top. Well, I think that's a, a great way to end it, especially for our Yankee fans to hear those final sentiments of what George, Bron uh, George Steinbrenner felt. So folks, there it is, former Yankees and Mets head strength and conditioning coach, Jeff Mangold. You can get his book, Power and Pinstripes, Myers Training, the New York Yankees, where books are sold. Jeff, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Gentlemen, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Continued success to you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back with more of 101 right after the break.